During this episode, we are joined by Josh Rubel, the Chief Commercial Officer at MD Clone, a passionate industry expert leading a trailblazing health tech company on a mission to revolutionize healthcare data analytics. While together, Josh delves into the crucial role of striking a harmonious balance between clinical and business aspects when crafting innovative healthcare solutions. Discover how MD Clone's cutting-edge Atoms platform empowers health systems, payers, and life science organizations to organize, access, and protect patient data, driving research, quality improvement, and innovation for better patient outcomes. Additionally, Josh shares his thoughts on emerging technologies like ChatGPT and generative AI, poised to shape the future of our industry. Join us for a thought-provoking discussion of how Josh and the MD Clone team are unlocking healthcare data to transform care. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Josh. A big, big welcome to our podcast today. Great to be here, Mike. Thanks again. Well, given your deep personal experience in healthcare and your team's determination to make an impact on healthcare worldwide with the tools, processes, and services focused on turning data into better outcomes, I'm really looking forward to this conversation today. But before we dive into this important conversation, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Josh, it's almost time for our community to learn how you and the MD clone team are unlocking healthcare data and empowering exploration, discovery, and collaboration to improve patients' health. But first, what's that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? I think the one piece of advice I would offer is to really focus on the dual tracks inside of any healthcare solution that may be applicable or available to the healthcare provider ecosystem. And those dual tracks are a clinical case and a business case. For everything that you build, everything that you offer, you have to both understand and effectively enunciate and illustrate both cases to be effective especially with a new solution that you would be making available to healthcare providers. The way I like to think of it is you have to live the mission and then you also have to fund the mission with the solutions that you offer. That would be my one nugget to have that lens on when you're building anything new for healthcare. Josh, I love it. I think uh, you and I are both fortunate we get to advise and spend time with aspiring entrepreneurs that are working to move healthcare forward and some amazing and brilliant ideas out there. But you know as well as I do, it's kind of a forked mission, if you will, not only the clinical side, but the business side. Why do you say that? Was there some history there with you? Like, you know, I think a lot of our aspiring entrepreneurs out there, while well-intended, they do sometimes forget that at the end of the day, this is a business. You have to follow the money, whether you like it or not. You have to be able to make sure that you're answering the call in order to create some sustainable technology and innovation. Was there a history there that made you kind of really focus in on those two? Gosh, Mike, I think the history there is, what's the term? It's 
often repeating, and I think Mark Twain said something about it rhyming. I think, look, every time we've had to build you know, new technology that I've had a chance to be involved with, the dual case, the clinical case and the business case, the operator case and the business case pop up every time. My example of where I haven't focused enough on both, I think many of your listeners may have experience in the population health world. And I think that's a great example where you have kind of obvious benefits to society, obvious benefits to patients if only new technology was deployed to better risk stratify and to better bring patients in who may benefit from preventative care. But if, if the business case isn't there, who are you asking to do that work, that stratification work? And who are you asking to do that patient outreach work and see those patients? In the pop health world, both cases actually exist. You can find wonderful virtuous cycles where you can do the right thing and the good thing and also drive business growth. But you have to illustrate that. You have to enunciate it. I think for many aspiring pop health companies, I think that was difficult. And I think we saw between 2015, maybe 2017, kind of, you know, innovators dilemma hit them where there was growth in those kinds of companies. And then, you know, the ones who weren't able to tell the joke correctly, I think, fell by the wayside. Yeah, you're spot on. Absolutely. There was definitely that hype cycle. And because at the end of the day, you could have some great ideas on the surface and kind of out the gates, but you have to find that business case as well. And speaking of, we're going to talk about the incredible mission that MD Clone is on and the business case you are all putting together. It's a phenomenal organization, a lot happening. Cannot wait to discuss that, your journey to get there, where you guys are at and heading. We're going to unpack all of that more after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, everyone at Catalyst works side by side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation, Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus, or host an upcoming event, visit CatalystHealthTech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Josh Rubel, Chief Commercial Officer at MD Clone. Josh, it has been an honor already to have you here because you made such great points on the front end. You have to find that clarity in the business case, in the clinical case to move healthcare forward. I know we're going to talk a little bit about that today, about all the good trouble you guys and the team are causing at MD Clone. And then, of course, you know, where you guys are heading as an organization, Josh, because of your deep expertise and your passion for this industry, you've been there, you've done that, you've seen a lot. What are you and the team seeing on the horizon that we as listeners to this podcast should be mindful of? And then, of course, how we can be helping you and the team out and where we can get a hold of you. But first, let's take it back, Josh. Let's get behind the covers of and underneath the hood of how you found MD Clone in the first place. Give us a little bit of that journey leading up to MD Clone. How did this all come to be for you? And how did you hook up with the team at MD Clone? Sure. So I've been working in healthcare IT on the commercial side, meaning sales, marketing, and customer success, you know, helping clients kind of get the most out of their investments. I've been working in that space for over 20 years. 
was fortunate to start with IDX Systems Corporation that was then acquired by GE Healthcare. So I've had some large company experience and through various GE and GE businesses found my way into working with innovators and entrepreneurs. In 2015, I started working with a population health company, a, a startup out of Portland, Oregon called Endly Health Intelligence. And I joined MD Clone roughly, I think, three months before the COVID-19 pandemic hit at the start of uh, the year 2000. I met the team from MD Clone uh, really as I was searching for the right sort of company with the right sort of solution that was laser focused on making use of healthcare data, both for better research, but also I'd say more importantly, for better clinical practice right now. And, you know, one of the things I've been struggling with, you know, kind of felt a little bit like uh, in the matrix, the blue and red pill, but struggling with in the healthcare ecosystem was how we were kind of wash in both data, technology, potential solution. So we had a lot, but at the same time, kind of the accelerant kind of making care better and to making the patient experience better and the interplay between all the different parties inside of the ecosystem just felt, it still feels a little disjointed. Maybe it's not exactly for patients, right? And, you know, I'm committed to kind of making it better. You know, I know there's going to be a question later today about what makes me passionate. I think this is maybe a sneak peek into that. But, you know, I felt like, gosh, the tie that binds across the players, across the systems, across patients and their interactions with the healthcare providers that they go and get care from, today, the currency is data. Every interaction is text and or voice that turns into something that gets entered into a chart or entered into a transactional system. And there's a way to harness that to make the experience, make the care, make the outcomes better. And I found MD Clone because that's where they're focused. And there was very good alignment between me and the CEO of the business, you know, really just starting out in their North American adventure. And here we are almost four years later, and we're doing great things. I like the way you said it, getting into some good trouble. Anyway, much more trouble ahead. And that's a great tee up, Josh. You know, I've been fortunate to hear your CEO speak an event in one of my favorite communities in Nashville. It's a phenomenal healthcare ecosystem. I was invited by one of their key leaders, Eric Thrillkill, over there in Nashville to go to a dinner and hear him speak. And you know as well as I do in regards to the founding team and what they've done. They've come from one of the best tech and innovation ecosystems on the planet in Israel. How did you find, did you reach out to them on like, take us behind those scenes. Did you reach out to them online? Like, how did you guys connect in the first place? So it's a great story. I have connections to Israel. I lived there when I was a kid for a year. You know, I speak, I would describe it as maybe first or second grade level Hebrew. So, you know, dangerous in a meeting, right? I can understand a lot of what's going on. I met them through personal acquaintance. You're right. The healthcare tech ecosystem in Israel is amazing and it's flourishing. And it's an interest area of mine. And so, you know, not surprisingly, the Venn diagrams, you know, there's a lot of overlap. And yeah, I was introduced to Zeev, gosh, in the middle of 2019 through a joint acquaintance. Got to hear a little bit more about what MD Clone was doing. And we started developing a relationship and he was crazy enough to pull the trigger. I absolutely love, yeah, Zeev is, and you could tell if you want to talk about somebody who's passionate about what they're doing. Go and spend some time with your CEO. It is incredibly inspiring, I tell you. Uh, so Josh, let's talk about that. Let's go there. You teed us up on how you joined MD Clone, why your passion, what keeps you excited and what they're getting after. Let's talk about that more in depth. Give us that elevator pitch. 
Who is MD Clone? What are you working on? What is going on today in the camp? Let's first start. Give us that pitch. Who's MD Clone? So MD Clone is a health tech company, again, based in Israel with operations in Israel, Canada, the United States, and we're growing internationally as well. We've got some interesting pursuits in Asia Pacific and in Europe. As a health tech company, we are focused on the healthcare data conundrum that exists inside of health systems and inside of healthcare ecosystems, all the players inside of a community. And you know what I would say is health systems and the broader ecosystem that they work with they have incredible opportunities to use the data they have to do very interesting things, what I would call to become more learning health systems, real-time learning health systems, to take the information they have based on the patients they're seeing and take insights from that information to improve care tomorrow. That's my general definition of a learning system. They have the building blocks for that, but today, the environment that they're in, piecing together those building blocks, putting the data together, and then the workflow together, and then the insights together to actually be a learning system, act like a learning system, not scalable, really, really difficult. It's a function of the data complexity and of how they're allowed to use the information that they have. Those are the kind of two issues, two challenge areas associated with the use of data that they have to get over. And as a business, we help solve both of those problems with really a paradigm-shifting platform that simplifies data structure, enables no-code, low-code, real end-user, you know, clinician-level access to data to start learning from what they did yesterday and last week and a month ago to impact tomorrow. And we layer privacy preservation capability in the form of synthetic data to make the health system data, to really make the health system a magnet for innovation, not just from their employees, but also from their industry partners and others in the community, so that the kind of constraints associated with who's allowed to see what, who's allowed to innovate where, just melt away. End users, you know, it's going to sound provocative. Today, health systems and end user, the physician, she's got an amazing idea about CHF readmission today. She thinks that if you do two phone calls and a med check three days after the discharge, that is the recipe to reducing readmissions by 6% at a health system in Louisville. Today in that health system without MD clone, nine months before she's activating, because she can't prove it until she has data. She builds a program. And our vision at MD clone and why we exist as a company is to take that nine months and turn it into nine days. And why? People suffering from CHF in Louisville are suffering from CHF in Louisville. And if they readmit, that's a bad guy. That is a bad predictor for an outcome. There is a way to do this better. And we think data is part of the solution if we can remove those challenge areas. An absolutely you know, visceral example of what are, you know, a lot of our leaders inside of this industry that you and I just love so much that they're dealing with on the daily, right? And so, you know, some of the things that we're plagued with in this industry, Josh, and I'm sure you hear it, you and the team at MD Clone hear this a lot. One, it's status quo, right? This is how we've always done it, Josh. This is healthcare how it's always been. And then two, you know, Josh, I would love to bring an MD clone, but nothing talks to anything. We have these legacy systems that we are, you know, married to and we get, they're intractable. How do you take those challenges that you and I know we hear day in and day out? How do you answer those challenges from our, you know, these leaders in healthcare that this is the environment that they're used to? How do you paint them and assure them of a better future and a better reality that you just described? How do you get over those big hurdles that are that seem sometimes so intractable? 
So I think my advice earlier in the conversation comes to play here. Effectively positioning this stuff for a health system to consume requires the health system to really want to do it. It can't just be kind of want to do it. You got to really want to do it because it's expensive. Not just the, our solution, although I'm sure our solution is expensive, but the investment of time and opportunity costs. They could be doing a whole lot of other things. Like they're choosing to do what we're suggesting that they do, what we're selling them on. They got to really want to do it. And in healthcare, that means they got to understand the clinical case. They got to know the people that they're impacting and the outcomes that they're impacting. And they have to really understand the business case. They have to understand how and why this is better for their institution from a bottom line standpoint. You know, that's how you get them off the status quo. And candidly, Mike, not everyone can consume MD clone. You know, MD clone may not be for every health system. You got to find the right fits. And part of engaging with a customer and building out those business cases, it's collaborative. You know, we don't come in and know everything. In fact, the customers teach us most of what we know most of the time. You know, the magic happens when you can find the right sort of alignment where the thing they want, in my Louisville example, reduce readmissions. There's a bottom line good guy. They reduce their Medicare penalties. Amazing. There's a quality good guy. They take better care of those patients so they're not coming back into the hospital, which would be bad news for them from a quality of life perspective and also a bad predictor for what could happen to them clinically. You know, that's the sort of example. And then you have to, you know, ascribe actual values. Well, how many patients would this impact? And how much money does that mean from a penalty standpoint? You got to get there. That's the way you get them off the status quo. I think the second part of your question was, oh, and by the way, the healthcare data ecosystem they're already in, super complicated and only going to get more complicated. Digital health doesn't simplify it. If I can make up a new word, it complexifies, right? (laughs) You know, there are many more sources of data. There are, you know, if you're wearing an Apple Watch or if you've got a wearable, we're just at the beginning of that revolution and it's not slowing down, it's speeding up. So the amount of data that's out there and how interoperable it is, common challenge in healthcare for the last 25 years, and I don't think it's going anywhere. Our job as a business is to not be part of the problem there, but instead, you know, say open, transparent, here's how we store data. Here are the standards that apply to the storage and the data themselves and a commitment. We will interoperate with anyone, anywhere, anytime around patients or around customer need. You got to be, I would say, loud and forthright around that commitment. And I think there's nothing like a customer that bring two technologies together and say, hey, guys, got to make these things work. (laughs) So we've been fortunate, you know, places like a VA or Intermountain or in Israel, the Shiva Medical Center, they do a great job of aligning our priorities around who we need to connect to for what reason. Literally teed me up for my next question. It is around those exact use cases that you just mentioned, both of them and the one in Israel as well. But those are two gold standard names in the United States, the VA and Intermountain. Can you share with us a bit what those actual use cases are? What value are those two systems seeing and deriving from MD Clone today? The best way to describe what we do for a health system in total is to focus on kind of four arrows. Volume of projects, value of projects, resource requirement, time requirement. I want those first two things to be pointing up and those second two things to be pointing down. And a place like Intermountain, you know, their desire, Intermountain's, you know, world-renowned quality organization, you know, in the footsteps of the Brent James Institute and all the great work that Intermountain's put in, 
caring for folks in the Mountain West for the last, you know, I think it's 75, 80 years, maybe even over 100 years. They are amazing at quality and they are amazing at protocol. And, you know, it's testament to their operating philosophy. They're not done. They're trying to get better. You know, they're not resting on their laurels. So what they struggle with or what they have struggled with is similar to what everyone struggles with in data. We were just talking about it a second ago. There's still a ton of data complexity and the amount of requests for, hey, I want to do better in CKD management. Hey, I, I have this idea around COPD or, hey, I've got this idea around depression. Their inbound requests to their analyst team are unmanageable. They have X number of analysts and they have an almost insurmountable queue of requests to engage those analysts. And what we do for Intermountain is we give them a platform that they can turn to their end users. Again, no code, low code scenario. They can turn a platform to end users, empowering their end users to actually have a dialogue with their data themselves. And those users are clinicians. Again, they're not analysts. So clinicians with a little bit of help from the centralized, what they call an empower team, leveraging MD Clone's Adams platform. They are at now over 150 use cases. So that's volume up, 150 in just in the last you know, year and a half, some of which are worth you know, to the system dollars-wise from a risk management standpoint, you know, big money. So value up, certainly patient care value up in a big way. All with the team of centralized team, maybe, you know, max FTEs centralized, max, you know, on the worst day, four resources, managing 150 some odd projects across almost every department of the system. The Intermountain story is a great one. We have good examples there. If we shift to the VA, you know, I mentioned kind of the two challenge areas of the data complexity. So how end users can actually have a dialogue with their data around what might be the best you know, CHF program or what might be a good move to make related to the use of a specific drug for anesthesia. The other obstacle is privacy. Who's allowed to see that data? So at Intermountain and at the VA, and at the VA, they've done it at scale and in a programmatic fashion. They make data of elements and data sets available to third parties. At the VA, it's all around an innovation ecosystem where they build a challenge. Hey, we have a suicide tragedy that happens every day with the veterans population in the United States. We want great ideas from industry to help us manage that, to help us do a better job. Well, before MD Clone, there's no data to play with to actually have that analysis done. Well, after MD Clone, they generate synthetic data sets that mimic real world data, but have no real patient information in them. And industry can use the machine learning tools, use the chat GPT tools to mine those data and find the right signals to start to impact that veterans population. So they build a program around the synthetic data and they simply export that program using MD clone right back to the VA. And the VA can apply algorithmically. They can apply, okay, which patients do we need to do outreach on right now? Which patients should we be calling for perhaps a different medications if there's already medications being prescribed? You know, those sorts of questions that are instrumental to moving patients through a mental health scenario. Again, very private information. But boy, if you can turn on the power of, you know, U.S. industry, you know, perhaps you can save many more veterans. Those are two examples. There are many, many more from Intermountain and the VA, but those are two examples that I thought would be useful for this conversation. Josh, those are incredibly powerful. Two things I took from that that I absolutely love. First one is this notion of 
having a dialogue with your data. How powerful is that, right? All of a sudden, we need to create, and I think you've been in this industry long enough as well, we need to be able to create tools, solutions, and processes that are simple enough for, and I say this in a cliche way, for our grandmother to be able to use, i.e., as you mentioned, hey, a clinician can dive in and use this because she was one of the highest trained clinicians for cancer care, as an example, right? Let her be an expert in that. But what could we as industry be doing to support her to give her those simple tools to use to find and discover? And again, as you mentioned, that dialogue with the data powerful. And then the second one, I love this notion of being able to leverage synthetic data to throw out to the innovators and almost effectively create this innovation sandbox. So there's MD clone being the infrastructure for the VA's innovation sandbox. That is incredibly, incredibly powerful. So two big things that I just heard from there that I absolutely love. So bravo to the team. And I know there's many, many more to discuss. I guess you might've just signed up for a second podcast and we'll just have to discuss more. <laughs> but with that, Josh, we're now going to take the crystal ball off the shelf. We're going to talk a little future state. Uh, you know, as well as I do, things have just changed rapidly. I'm sure things have changed a lot since you joined the MD Clode team before the pandemic came upon all of us. But let's talk about how things are moving rapidly, where things are heading and what we should be mindful of. But not only for MD Clone, but also the industry writ large. What are you and the team seeing over the next two to three, three to five years that we need to be mindful of? Again, not just for the industry, but also where MD Clone is heading. For our industry, for the healthcare provider segment of healthcare, so, you know, large-scale IDNs in the United States and large health systems, whether provincial in Canada or, you know, many different formats around the world. You know, I think they're staring at, in the U.S. in particular, they're staring at, you know, pretty difficult economic circumstances until they can all kind of refigure the managed care contracting to align to the labor costs they've incurred over the last two years that they were not expecting. That's not going away. So there's real economic pain for health systems, I think the kind of talent question and, you know, maintaining the right sort of staffing, I think is affecting planet Earth. I don't think it's just the United States, but I think it's exacerbated here in the United States because of the economic model we have with the managed care contracting. So, you know, that's happening, which means business case becomes more important for any healthcare solution. So the, you know, health systems aren't investing in, you know, five-year plans that maybe the payoffs in year six. They're investing in things that can drive value, clinical value and business value tomorrow. So I think that's one trend that we have to be smart about. And that's not going away in the health system world here in the United States for a while. The second is the consolidation of IDNs, not slowing down. I think up until, you know, healthcare is a giant business, but it's been relatively cottage style where you've got, you know, regional players per city. And uh, there hasn't been the sort of, mass integration efforts you see in other industries. They have not been evident quite yet in healthcare. They're happening now. I think there will be more consolidation. So that's another trend. I think the third trend is around kind of very disruptive technologies. You cannot go five minutes without, you know, even in this conversation, I think I referenced ChatGPT. I use it every day. You can't escape that new things are available. And every time, you know, we ratchet up another level with uh, technical capability, it actually opens whole new worlds of potential, you know, application in healthcare. So things like, um, you know, digital assistance that seemed a little like Microsoft Clippy, <laughs> you know, five years ago, perhaps with generative AI and whatever it is, whether it's BARD or ChatGPT or whatever amazing next AI tool, 
you know, maybe it's not Clippy anymore. Maybe that's a nurse or maybe that's a patient guidance tool that is helping a nurse to make sure that that nurse, that he can manage, you know, a panel of 50 instead of a panel of 10. I just tied together the labor shortage or the labor challenge and the technology capability. Those sorts of things are clicking in the minds of health system leaders and in the minds of technology providers. What does it all mean for MD Clone? You know, I used to ask this question 10 years ago. I used to say, hey, how important is data to the decision-making for this institution? I would ask customers that question and walk me through, like, how do you serve up that data? You know, is it all board meeting related and you have three weeks where everyone's scurrying around pulling spreadsheets together? Or is it more of a dashboard process? You know, I would ask questions like that. Then I would say, hey, just bear with me. Next year, do you want it to look the same? And then I would say, okay, and next year, do you think you have more or less data? So that was 10 years ago. I would ask provocative questions that make me sound maybe a little childish now. The answers are so obvious now. I mean, it's ridiculous how obvious the answers are. But those questions kind of remain poignant really around, hey, next year, there's going to be more for you to deal with, but data is going to be in the middle of it. The bet we're making to the market, and again, the vision that we're marching toward is how do we help our customers do more with the data that they're amassing so that they can be better, they can improve performance, they can improve quality, they can improve brown line. You know, we're there. And, and we think that problem, the data problem is not going anywhere anytime soon. No, to your point, if anything, it's growing and it's growing exponentially by the literal day. So phenomenal vision. And I love how you tied all of that together because these labor shortages that we're having, how to make use of this massive amount of data coming into our health systems, it's intractable and only continuing to grow. So we'll put the crystal ball back on the shelf for a bit. We'll bring it back to current state, Josh. With that and bringing it back to current state, what's one problem to your question that you and the team have that this community who's rallied around this podcast, amazing leaders around the nation and beyond, what's that one problem question or need that you and the team have that they can be helping you with? The big question for us is one of the questions you asked me, which was around status quo. How and what are the most effective ways and what are the right places to actually place emphasis on kind of where the status quo needs changing? You know, we've toyed with like, hey, everything should be a patient story. Or we've toyed with, hey, everything needs a dollar amount ROI anytime we talk about anything. Really, any sentence needs a dollar amount ROI. Our sense is the answer is somewhere in the middle there. But I would love this community to offer examples of where, you know, they were successful in empowering the provider experience, you know, helping providers, you know, find something that's going to work better that then impacted patients, how they communicate about it. I think, you know, we can learn from it. I'm very interested in hearing what this community has to say about it, both as maybe on the solution provider and then maybe also on the solution implementer side, right? As a health system that's actually trying to use some of these tools, really good ways to communicate about them to make sure that it's compelling and accurate and valuable, right? All those things. We want it to be right. We want it to be good. And we want it to be attractive, right? You already mentioned it once. I'm going to mention it again. You mentioned ChatGPT several times, but I'm going to mention the Venn diagram again. You brought it up on the front end. While I joke about it, it's kind of true. It's finding that balance between the head and the heart in healthcare, right? Talking about having every sentence with an ROI message in there versus the story as well around a patient or the outcomes, et cetera. Finding that Venn diagram and, and meeting both, that is the art of uh, what could be possible in healthcare. And I know that there's a lot of amazing leaders tuning in that are working exactly on that to, to shatter 
and get be- the status quo behind us because we can't keep doing the same things that we've been doing for year after year. This is, you know, as well as I do, this is just no longer sustainable. We can do better as a nation. We put a man on the moon as a country. We did it together over 50 years ago. There's no reason why we can't as a country solve for one of the biggest, if not the biggest industry that touches every single one of us when we work together. So right there with you, Josh. So, you know, I know a lot of uh, our community will want to chat with you and the team and get a hold of you and, and ponder some of those uh, questions that you have with you. How do they get a hold of you? What are some contact points online, social media handles, websites, or otherwise? So the easiest way to get a hold of me is on my email. It's uh, josh.rubel, it's R-U-B-E-L, at mdclone.com. That's one way. I'm on LinkedIn as well, and I can provide the LinkedIn handle maybe as a, uh, a link to you, Mike, that can be included on the bottom of the podcast notes. I would also check out MD Clone, the website, www.mdclone.com for details about the solution. And we're constantly publishing use case, and we've got a monthly newsletter that we produce as well. You can tune into those to understand what's going on in the marketplace, understand what's going on with some of our customers and updates from the company. And then finally, I think tuning into this podcast is a resource too. So everyone that's out there listening, keep it up. And the uh, sister publications and, and content coming from here. I like what Mike said earlier. We're all in this together. You know, these sorts of watering holes are how together looks. So keep it going. Awesome. Well, thank you for that, Josh. Of course, for our listening community, simply scroll down into your favorite podcast player into those episode notes to find those contact points online for Josh and the MD clone team. You can also head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. There will be a post for Josh's episode where you can leave comments, feedback, or otherwise, again, over at passionatepioneers.com. Well, Josh, we're going to wind it down today. We got one more piece for you, and then we'll get you out of here. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? It matters to the world. It matters to my parents, and it matters to my kids. Absolutely love it. Awesome. Way to bring it all the way full circle on today's episode. Josh, thank you so much for spending time with us today to sharing your journey, sharing all the good trouble MD Clone and the team are creating for our industry because it's needed now more than ever. But for now, Josh, thanks again for being with us today. It was an absolute honor having you on our podcast. My pleasure, Mike. Keep it going. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.